Coco Sisters. It's a sister's day. Well, good afternoon, good evening, good morning. How are you all, wherever you are in the world? It's another episode of the wonderful Coco Sisters podcast. And you're with me, Lady C. And of course, we've got the wonderful Duchess in the house. I've got my hands up. I'm in the house. I'm in the house. We've also got, we've also got the Queens. We've got Queen Elizabeth. We've got Queen Nicole in the house. Come on, come on. Hi, hi. <laughs> I like, do you know what, Lady C? I like it that we're making so much noise. And then here, Queen Nicole. Hi. <laughs> I know, because this this kind of like yardy dancing, yeah. It's, it's, I, I, I'm focused. Oh, what do you mean yardy? What was up with you that about yardy? Like a, no, I don't have a problem with sound clashes. That's my thing. But it just oh. sounds like a sound clash. I have no idea what that is. Well, but, you're uh, making the noises. Okay. It's the accent. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> And the pauses yeah, in between. No, I have no idea what that this, is or where we are. This leads me to nicely talk about something very, very quickly. I know we do this all the time because we've had to. Our parents have done it. We've learned to do it. It's just how we navigate the world, right? But code switching. Code. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, yeah, yeah, let, me, yeah. let me say something to you. I, I was talking to this, this woman. She must be about 40. And I noticed something. Now, I, I'm not saying that I don't code switch. I, I do. Of course I do. We all do to a degree. But hers is unreal. So she could be talking to me like this. And then the minute she sees a white person, oh, well, darling, you're right. Oh, it's just so pronounced. So I was like, what? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, and I think it's, a, and then she switches back to me and says, so what do you think we're going to do? And I'm like, do you hear yourself? Do you know what's going on? I don't even know she realised she's doing it. I don't. So how was how was she co-switching? So she'd be so if we're in a group setting, yeah, right, we'd be in a group setting, and she could be talking to me, right, yeah, yeah. and then uh, a couple of um, uh, white colleagues would come along, and she would automatically switch to their type of talking. So okay. she will say to me like, oh, you know, sure, I'm going to try and make that salmon dish tonight. It sounds really nice, great. And then she, oh, hi, how are you doing? You're right. Oh, never mind, babe. Yeah. What are you going to make tonight? You're going to make some fish. Is it? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. All right. Take care. See you later. Love. Bye. So, yeah, I might have that with potatoes and some greens. So, <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't call that. Can I just say, I wouldn't call that code switching. I'd possibly call that split personality. <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> and then you start to think, is that what I do? Do I do that? Do you not? Do I do that? <laughs> Or start second guessing yourself. Yeah. I mean, we all do it. You know, you know we need to when we have to, right? Mm-hmm. But I've just never heard it so definitive. So, yeah, it's so obvious. It's, yeah. it's just the whole taint, the tone, the language, the whole demeanor. <laughs> I don't even think she realizes how the degree to which she does it. Did you say anything? Did you kind of highlight it? No, I'm going to pick it up with her tomorrow because if she, uh, she did it again last night and I'm like, okay, you don't, okay, we need to have a conversation because I need to understand what, what's going on there. What, you know, and it's not, it's, it's only when she's referring to people who are quite, we talk like that, do you know what I mean? Like, like you know, people like kind of cockney-ish, not, not the well-spoken white people, not those, she doesn't do it with that. 
but it's almost like people say love and babe and something like that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's, that's well, maybe she... she likes that. Maybe that's her mm. thing. Because mm. a lot of people do like the old, you know, Essex kind of thing. Essex, yeah, exactly. Well, I, you know, I, I get it. I get the whole East London, you know, kind of Isle of Dogs kind of, you know, thing. I get all of that. But the degree with which she switches is is just quite deep for me. So... Anyway, that's just something I wanted to raise. That's just something that's been on my mind. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> she, maybe she was there. Maybe she was from there originally. Who knows? No? She grew up in Hackney. For oh, me, okay. if, you're, if you're Cockney, you're Cockney. Do you know what I mean? No matter where you go, you just stay. You just like, you can't no, shake true. it. That's true. You can't shake it. Yeah. I don't know any Cockney person that code switches, though. That's no, what I mean. So they're I Cockney throughout. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. All my Cockney friends, they, that is how they talk. They don't care that's who it. they're talking to. That's just who they are. So, My PA is Cockney and I love her. She And the things that she says cracked me up because she's got all those kind of little sayings that I love it. Yeah, so my brother is Cockney, 100% pr- proud of it. He was born within the sound of the Bow Bells just uh, as, well, we both, <laughs> we both were, but I'm certainly not, you know, if no. I had to switch to it, I, I could do that. But I want to be able to have the choice. But um, yeah, so uh, it's, it's just strange, isn't it? You know, and I blame my mum because that's who I got my code switching thing from. Because she, if she's talking to Ravage, she puts on an Indian accent. If she's talking to somebody else, she puts on a Cockney accent. And then when she's talking to her friends, then she speaks normally. So you don't know yeah, who you're getting. Yeah, but, you can... some, but sometimes the code switching, sorry, Yvonne, sometimes the code switching, I don't know, the older Jamaicans use the tongue, especially if they have to make a speech at a funeral or a wedding. <laughs> yeah, that's like, the true. The hedges change. Yes. And they start talking some speaky, spoky thing, and you're like, well, now I can't understand you. I mean, it was difficult beforehand, but now it's completely impossible because I don't know. Hand the people down. Hand me lock. No. And you're looking at your granddad and you're thinking, what? So, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Just just one of those observations of us as Coco sisters. But you know what? Enough about that. We have a special guest in the house. Ask me who it is. Ask me who it is. Ask me who it is. Who is it? Who is can it? Who I, is can it? I say who is it? Who is it? Ladies say who who we have? Who we got? Well, who, she who was we on. She was on one of our previous podcasts. No. No, she, yes, was she? she was. Yes, she was as part okay. of a panel. No. And, and we've decided to bring her in and give her the spotlight. Who she is? Who she is? Come on now. Tell her us. Name. Her name. Her name. Doing the drum roll, you can't hear it. Is the one and only Nairobi Thompson. <laughs> hello, hello. Sister hello. in the spotlight. Come on. Hello. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm really well. I, I, I love uh, coming in and hearing the, uh, the code switching conversation. Uh, and um, I mean, personally, I think code switching is what everybody does at some point we have different roles to play we talk to different audiences sometimes the way we talk to children well should be very different to how we talk to adults so we're always flexing how we communicate but I think that that when I think about code switching uh, as detrimental it's when we are being forced to de-authenticate ourselves so we adopt uh, a, a persona in order to be accepted because uh, our authentic selves are not welcome. And that's when I think it's dangerous. But I learned it from my mum. She was ever speaky spoky. 
you know, she would just rinse us out. Come out of the prison now. Yes, let me tell you. Not, eh, and all of that. And then the phone would ring and it'd be like, oh, good afternoon. And I think that that's normal. I think that yeah. when you're talking yeah, to different audiences, you adapt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, but when yeah. it's when it's almost expected of you and forced or imposed that's on you, it's a otherwise you're mm. not going to be accepted. You, you know, uh, that's when it is dangerous, and that's when we end up not, you know, code switching and covering yeah. our authentic selves. You see, authority in the room. In it, no rope has just been introduced, and now, now it's not even a segment yet about sister in the spotlight. But she's given us things already. You know what I mean? Lovely, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. I feel like but I need to sit so, to attention. <laughs> we're so pleased to have you um, with us, Nairobi, uh, and I'm hoping that you can stay for the length of um, our episode today. And we've I got can. our other segments that will be happening. So, um, wanted to start, didn't we, Lady C, with uh, the Get My Goat? Uh, yeah, yeah, because. <laughs> Love do, we, do we need something as you know you know when it's the get my goat section mm. do we need like a little little jingle or a little goat what you mean like, meh, meh, yeah like I, think, I think you need something <laughs> i think yeah. we need something don't we but not maybe that, that goat impression though not that goat impression okay i just thought maybe. i'd give it a go to see if if there would be hands up to that but maybe like too. a yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, all right. Let's work on that. You see, that's not fair because that means you've thought about this already. Me? Yeah. No, I'm just talking about it just now. Okay. Because when it's when it's Mama used to say, we have that little song, don't Mama we? Mama used to. Say, yeah, we're not doing and that. Maybe yet. when it's the political ten, we could have the you know the Big Ben chiming mm, kind of sound. Bong, I'm, just, I'm just trying to mix it up. All right. So we're not, so we're going to go over to our, our Queen Nicole, who's going to do the da, 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 da. get my goat. <laughs> so over to you, Queen Nicole, for the get my goat. Come on, what we're doing? Thank you. So I had a few because you know I've got a few. Yeah, we, so yeah this but let's one for one. today. Yes, yeah. that's what I was about to say, babe. So <laughs> for today, what? And it's only because it's happened quite recently, and it annoys me. So I'm in the supermarket picking up my stuff. And I've got my Guinness, my sweet milk, my vanilla. Yeah. And you've got someone behind me. Are you going to make Guinness punch? Oh, my God. I make Guinness punch, too. Sorry, so somebody of Caucasian heritage. Um, oh, so, and I like a bit of rice and peas as well. So don't do that. Or you get the classic, you talk about your heritage. So my heritage is Jamaican, you know, I went to school in Jamaica, and they'd be like, I do like a bit of Bob Marley. Don't know where the conversation's going because I'm a bit of Sizzler, Cartel, Beanie, Bounty. Yeah? Not per se Bob. Not the only person we have there. Or you get that classic, that classic in the workplace is my husband's black. And I do like that once you go black, you don't go, sorry, what? What does this mean? It's like, so your husband's black. Okay, so now where are we going with this conversation? Because so is mine. And then when I hear that once you go black, you don't go back, I'm like, I wouldn't really know anything. <laughs> just my flavour. So unpack that for me, please. It just gets my... It really... Come with something. Don't do that. Don't do that. 
I don't come up to anybody and talk about how I like Yorkshire puddings. I like Yorkshire puddings, you know? <laughs> yeah? I like certain things. I don't go up to Turkish people and talk about kebabs. Don't talk to me about jerk chicken, right? How do you even know I could be vegan? <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, that gets my go. I- I'm just saying. Exactly. <laughs> We're laughing because, I mean, all of us could relate to that on some form. You know, I-, I-, I used to have something similar in the workplace where I would witness this woman and, you know, sometimes you suspect something, but then you just want to test it out. And I remember she would go to people in the team, in the team. She would talk to one person about a piece of work they've done. She'll talk to another person about another piece of what they've done or an Excel sheet they put together or a presentation. When it comes to me now, she feel it necessary to tell me that she had some form of Caribbean food the night before. And I think she was expecting me to be impressed. So on one occasion, she said to me, oh, Sharon, you're not going to believe what I had last night. And I thought, oh, here we go. And then she said she had, she not only did she have jerk chicken, she also had some jerk pork with the rice and peas. And I said, oh, I had egg and chips last night. Where are we going with this conversation? And then she took offense that I wasn't actually endorsing her for coming to me to try and relate with me on some food-related Ting, and I was like, don't, yeah, don't, on some don't hidden do that. agenda, do you that. mean? On some hidden agenda? Because just, going just back don't to, do that. Yeah, because going back to Nicole's point, what is the point? What what are you trying to? What, what are you do, trying what, to do? What you like, trying to do? Where do we say? go from here? Like, yeah. where, yeah. I've got a friend who um who's Chinese, and she says whenever we're planning to go out, everybody's like, let's go to the Chinese because you're like that, won't you? And she's always ah. saying to me, she says, Nick, ninety ninety five percent of the Chinese restaurants are not authentic. And no, why the hell are they assuming that she wants to go Chinese? Just like some people, you'll talk about jerk chicken and rice and peas. I always want to know when you say rice and peas, are we talking your garden peas? Are we talking the good, good gunga peas? Or are we talking <laughs> kidney beans? Because now we're going to have a conversation and it's not going to look good for you. Or people assume that everybody's from Jamaica. Yes, that is my heritage. That's but right. I get other friends who are like, why you never ask about roti? How about that? Yeah, That's yeah, me. yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, the cuckoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what about fish? Oh, 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 fish. Oh, fufu gate, fufu gate. We can't get forget fufu. Fufu, fufu. It's like, don't make those assumptions. It's, and I, I have also Nigerian and Ghanaian friends that say the right. only food people know is jollof. Jollof, really? Yeah. You're really gonna come with the jollof thing? It's like when someone said to me, "Oh, in Yenico, I like that yellow stuff they do in Jamaica," and I'm like, "Scrambled eggs." Because obviously <laughs> they're talking about aki, yeah, but don't do that. Don't do that. That our national dish. Don't do that. So yeah, so that 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 gets my go when people. I just it's just I don't know. It's like the touching the hair thing. It's like I know you're trying to bond and you're doing the probably appreciation as opposed to maybe your approach. I don't know what we're doing here, but just don't. don't. I just it's so awkward because after they've said it, I've got this blank look, and you know my face needs deliverance already. Yeah, so it's a little bit difficult for me. So it's just it's it's difficult. Just Just don't. Well, people, people really should, if they want to make an effort, the, the effort should be a considered one rather than uh, a uh, low-hanging fruit, mm. you know? So they think, they see your black skin, let me mention Bob, let me mention Jalof. You know, how, how is that a concerted effort yeah. to get to know me? It's reductionist, isn't it? It, it is. Us to it's less dish. than, isn't it? And, and, and the thing and, is, and, and the only dish that they know how ha- um, to, to mention, they can't even articulate anything that they like about the dish, other than that they have it. <laughs> they don't know anything about it. They don't any, know anything about how the, the dish came uh, uh, to to be. 
they don't understand any uh, of the, um, the, the nuances around the dish, the, the, the island uh, nuances and variations. They just want to engage you with foolishness. Yeah, it's just the worst icebreaker known to yes, man. That's worst, all I'm saying. I love that. The worst it's, it's just, icebreaker Yeah, it's ever. the worst icebreaker. I've had white women come up to me and say, um, Nicole, could you, do you have any recipes for certain Jamaican dishes because their children are mixed? And they just want some, you know, that's a different conversation for me. Mm. I don't mind that, to be fair. Yeah. It's just like, if I want to learn to make something and I know that somebody's native country or what have you, I would ask. That's a different conversation. But don't break the ice, with, especially Bob, as I said, I'm a Sizzler girl, I'm a Tableton. Upgrade your knowledge on the little artist, please. At least talk about Merit or, or, or Taurus. Talk about somebody else. Now, you see, here's the thing. I have no clue what the, the Queen Nicole is talking about. I have no idea who those artists are. So, you know. And neither so, do these white folks. So, to, so, but to come to me and say, even if someone was slightly awake, right? And they came to me and said, oh, you know, Sean, I like Sizzler. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Great. Well done. I have no, no clue what they're talking about. So, you know, uh, and I don't eat ackee. Not well. What we call ackee in Barbados is not what you call ackee in Jamaica. So you know what I mean. So it's a complete yeah, difference. in Barbados. But there's but there's also that thing about um, if we're talking about let's say the genre of music, yeah. Um, it's not only reggae that a black person is possibly going to like, right? There's going to be other type. There's other types of music, and I've got a good yeah, friend like heavy who metal. Talk about Van Morrison until the cows come home. Yeah. So and he's a black man, and, and when people hear him talk, people are. But that's because. He, he loves music and what music can do. So for me, it's also about that whole thing in their head, that stereotype around, yeah. oh, well, you're black, so it must be reggae. Yeah. And that's all you know. Be, I could be into heavy metal. Right, well, I mean? of course. <laughs> I do like a bit of Britney Spears. The, fa- the, face, says no. the face says otherwise. Mm-hmm. The face does say otherwise. And that's the thing, though, isn't it? That's the thing. They don't know. So if yeah, you want exactly. to break the ice, you say hello. <laughs> You don't automatically oh, is. into a stereotype. Yes, no, that's very true. That's oh, yeah. so that's, that's what, and that got my goat because that actually happened quite recently in the supermarket. So, um, so that's the one that. So, I the, so wait, today. the person didn't know you. She just felt no, it necessary she was to behind me. I I was waiting, but so I that's literally in just Croydon, in it. That's in that South Side. It actually team. wasn't quite. That, that, listen, South Side <laughs> is the best side. There we go now. There we go. <laughs> no, it wasn't in Croydon, actually. It was in Milton Keynes. Oh, that's even worse. No, because <laughs> no, my, <laughs> no, my brother wanted me to make Guinness punch, so I thought, let me quickly go and get it. And then this lady behind me was like, you're making Guinness punch? Oh, my God, I make that too. And rice and peas. Do you put nutmeg well, or do you, you put know, vanilla? You know what? You know what? Congratulations, sir, for recognising the ingredients, number one. You know, because I'm not <laughs> sure I would have recognised all the ingredients. So, you know... And, 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 and also kudos to her because it wasn't entirely random. It's not like you were standing in, uh, in the aisle picking up spaghetti and she just <laughs> came up to you and said, But to be oh, fair, Guinness punch, you know. I mean, she did see the ingredients and she made, she made yeah, a logical leap. Nairobi, I see where you're going with this. And I like, I like the angles. But funny enough, I did have my ragu sauce, <laughs> a 5% fat um, mint. And I and did so, have my spaghetti. And so, so she, she could have said, you, are you making Italian? I like Italian make, food. She clearly doesn't make Italian food, so she didn't recognise those. <laughs> That's <foods>. it. <laughs> she, she, she identified with the ingredients that she recognised. 
<laughs> with the person buying them. You know, so it was, it was a bid, it wasn't just a random conversation about food. It was a bid for solidarity. That's it. I hear you, and I think what it did, it just- Listen to Nairobi. Listen no, to I'm Nairobi, like, I'm like, I'm like in Nairobi. I'm, yeah, I'm solidarity. Liking, a bid for I'm, solidarity. Do you oh, hear that? I, I like that. I like I like the angle. <laughs> but I think what it did, it just sparked or triggered all the other times that it no, wasn't I agree. So half randomish. But I like she, yourself. If she was, if she was in 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 uh, another supermarket and somebody in front of her had spaghetti and ragu, she would not necessarily have struck up a conversation mm. about Italian cuisine. Yeah, and that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, that's the we, point. That's we, part we, of the know, point. I know, jest. But we know that this mm. was about, you know, white people feeling that they have to identify with our culture when really they should just identify with us as individuals. And can I just say, they want to identify the culture, but they don't identify with the culture, but they don't like we. What type of foolishness <laughs> is that? They want to identify with the culture, but they don't like we. So they want to take our food, they want to take our music, they want to take the way we dress. Hairstyle, everything, but they Duchess, don't like we. This is why Kim Kardashian is so popular because she epitomizes what every white woman wants to look like. They of want course. all the features of a black woman, but they want to have the white skin. So appropriation is running wild with her and mm. she's making millions of it. And I know. or whatever it was, he was just mm. taking the mickey out of black people, but yeah, making it. Yeah. So this is this is they're just living the dream, you know. Yeah. You know, if we think about it, yeah, um, and, and it's been going on for centuries. It's been going on for centuries. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, they made they made fun of our big bottoms, uh, and and now they the get surgery, calling us, calling us savages. But by the same token, all of their fashion was changing to create big bustles, huge bustles. Mm. Uh, uh, be, uh, walking with, you know, they had to wear apparatus. Exactly, to make the thing stick out and, and hold. Uh, yeah, and then cover the apparatus with, with material. I, I tent them up behind them, you know, I, I, mm. I walk and draw behind them for fashion's <laughs> sake. And all they were doing was emulating what we had naturally, naturally our yeah. natural yeah. bottoms, that yeah. African rides. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so it's been a, it's been going on a long time, and you know, and that's why appropriation. Well, appropriation gets my goat. <laughs> well, that's a good get my goat queen. The that is a, that that got yes. that get my wonderful goat. queen. Wonderful. Yeah, that get my goat got people's goat, did it not? <laughs> and what a conversation that's um, that's allowed us to have. But it's interesting as well. I think there are other. Um, things that were mentioned like appropriation and so on that we can even have a another episode and talk more about in relation. Well, <laughs> you, you know, I've, you know, I've got a poem about that. You know that, right? Well, <laughs> what what we'd have to do is that we'll have to get you on to to do your poem, maybe. Um, but we've got our sister in the spotlight, Nairobi Thompson. So welcome. I know that Nairobi has already been. Um, involved in the in the rich conversation that we've been having so let, let's get to let's get to Nairobi and learn some more about her and who she is and what she's doing so Nairobi yes who you is no let me say it properly <laughs> who are you who am I so uh, I'm a uh, learning and development specialist 
I'm also a poet and an academic writer. Does that answer your question? Well, you can say, yeah, and say some more about that for us, please. So which which the bit, listeners. bit? So I've been in learning um, management for uh, 30 plus years. I know that's hard to believe because I am rather fabulous. Yeah, you look so fabulous. gorgeous, darling. Thank yes. you so much. Thank mm. you so much. Uh, so uh, designing, learning and development for senior manage, senior managers uh, and boards, uh, designing, uh, learning around how to govern uh, diversity and inclusion. So it's a whole, a whole gambit, coaching, mentoring. So I do that. Okay. My writing is uh, about, uh, obviously not least the, the academic writing, which is very specific. Um, but uh, the poetry that I write is quite broad. I um, focus really on anything that amplifies uh, the voices in our community. So everything I do, everything I write is through our lens. That's fantastic. And so um, tell us more about your, because um, so you, you've talked about the role of your, your L&D specialist. Um, yeah the role there you've talked a bit about your poetry but you also um and we'll possibly get you to um recite one of your poems before we can con- conclude our episode today I think that might be exciting <laughs> to happen particularly as we've been talking about appropriation so that would be great no is it and but tell us more about your academic writing then what does that what, what does that involve yeah I was very um uh, blessed to write um, with um, Dr. Jack Bueller uh, about contributions that African and Caribbean people have made uh, to Britain. Uh, and that was a, a, a huge piece of work. And I was one of the editors on that project. Also, I find that what I'm doing is quite unique in terms of my poetry is that it tends to be inspired by the academic uh, information that I found out about our many contributions. Mm-hmm. And so, so when I produce a book of poetry, I also then uh, include in the footnotes some of the academic references that led to the piece being written. So right. when people get my work, mm-hmm. they don't just get the creativity uh, that, 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 that is apparent in reading and writing poetry, they also get this academic information that furnishes them with additional knowledge and hopefully is encouraging people to go out and do their own research and start right. uncovering a lot of the, the truths about our contrib- contributions that have been omitted or whitewashed or airbrushed out of history. Mm. Mm. So could you give us an example of what that would look like? Uh, so, for example, in my in my book, Bayonets, Mangoes and Beads, uh, there are facts in there about how much um, money was contributed by the Caribbean islands to the war effort. The fact that Jamaica built eight war planes. Uh, there we go. There's the book. Uh, the fact that um, that uh, Africa helped to feed British troops in the war effort. So all of these really interesting facts that people don't know mm. and the stories, the different stories about um, that, that individual, the, the roles that individual individual played, like there were conscientious objectors. There were people who uh, fought in the war and were 
um, hospitalized and the poor treatment that they had um, in, in the hospital. Uh, and the stories about the riots that broke out because after black people fought in World War One and World War Two, then there were conversations about repatriation. Uh, people were, their, their citizenship was stripped from them in the 30s, the 1930s. So they had uh, survived the First World War and were living in Britain and then had their citizenship stripped from them uh, in an attempt really to, to make them aliens in their, the country that they chose to live in, the country that they had every right to be in because they were British subjects and British citizens. So all wow. of those facts are in that book either, and this is Bayonets, Mangoes and Beads, African Diasporic Voices of World War I and World War II. So that all of that information is in there either by way of the poem, which will tell the story, uh, or the academic footnotes, which will just give them the, the, the historical, the actual historical reference or proof that these things happened. And a lot of the things that I wrote about were really quite um, heartrending uh, and, and, uh, and uh, made me angry when I read some of this information. And I wanted to make sure that when people were reading the book, they didn't think that I was just adding, you know, your own, your own flavour to and embellishing and sure. it wasn't quite that bad and mm. you know things like that were important to me and that's why I ended up putting the academic references in there I mean I sat on the train um once when I was doing the research and I was reading uh, Stephen Bourne's book Black Poppies which is again a really good account of our contributions mm -hmm. uh, throughout the world wars uh, and I'm reading this book telling me about the colour bar in Britain uh, and how, you know, the various challenges that black people had to face. Uh, and, and this gentleman joined the train at Luton, you know, puffing and blowing, obviously just caught the train and sort of like fluffed down beside me. And again, much like um, uh, uh, Nicole was saying about how people try to engage, but they're not really thinking about what they're saying. So he said, oh, that, that book looks interesting um, because you could see black people on the cover in mm. uniform. Mm. And so what, what's that all about then? So I started to tell him some of the facts um, that I was currently reading. And the man turned around and told me that, oh, that was Americans. We, we, welcomed, we welcomed black people um, in Britain. There was no colour bar. In oh my Britain. god! <laughs> right? I'm sitting there with the book in my hand, you know. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. In my hand. With the history in your hand. The history. The history in, in your hand. Mm -hmm. uh, and and the man can see that it is a published book. It's not. It's not a notebook where I'm scribbling notes. Or yeah, what yeah, yeah. It's a published book. And the man is telling me that what I'm telling him is not true. He's got mm. no facts other than the fact that he was alive in that time he's not saying I fought in the war he's not saying that I've been in the armed forces he's not relaying any um uh, evidence to support his comments he's just telling me flat out there was no color bar in Britain and so my my drive is always to make sure that what I write 
is it can be substantiated uh, because I don't want people reading my 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 poetry uh, and reading certain lines or reading about certain instances like how um, the, the Halifax disaster when um, uh, uh, volunteers uh, joined the you know they they enlisted and they and they they left Jamaica heading for for the UK but because there were German U-boats in the vicinity the captain redirected the ship to Nova Scotia uh, in you know Canada and they encountered such a blizzard that um, that five people died from frostbite and and numerous countless others were injured by frostbite losing limbs partly because the ship that they were on was poorly heated mm -hmm. and they were not given um, uh, the proper um, wear, um, proper clothes to wear. So they left the Caribbean to come to England uh, and then were, were directed elsewhere mm -hmm. in the cold mm. and, and, and the cold was so severe, it killed some of them, maimed many of them at so much so that that those who were literally became disabled and had to have limbs amputated got sent back to the Caribbean with no pension, no compensation. That so wounded without ever seeing a day of war. So when I when I write about that and stories like that, I don't want people to think, oh, Nairobi's just sort of like, you know, she's just embellishing. So the facts are important so that people can see for themselves. I, I'm not just telling tall tales. These things happened. Thanks, Nairobi. I mean, you've given us so, so much information, so much rich information already. I, I feel as if we could have a, a series of um, podcasts where, you know, we get to learn more about particularly what happened to, you know, the African diaspora uh, in World War One and World War Two and, and beyond, I guess. Um, yeah. And so thank you for giving us an insight into uh, what happens in your own mind, uh, what's happening <laughs> in history. not easy to do. <laughs> no, <laughs> what's happening in history, but also... There's a lot going on in there. Say that again, a lot is going on in there. A lot going on in there. Yes, yeah. But how you found a way to um, put that down on paper, but also give others access um, to uh, what you've learned and... Uh, a way of educating others so that's great um i wanted to move on though because i think we could stay here for a while if, if we were allowed to um and ask you three words that would describe you what three words would you use to describe you words i'm going to cheat a little bit because mm, you know, i'm not sure I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not it's i, still I still know you're creative i'm not sure i like cheating it's three words go on i'm every woman I like that. Do we just want to be in tune? Can we just be in tune? I was in tune. No, what do you mean? no, no. We don't have to be. Oh, that's not nice. We don't have to be in tune. Oh, I'm just saying. Okay. I'm thinking about the listeners. They're right. They'll be singing as well. They'll be joining in the singing as well. I mean, it's great, but if we just didn't think it'd be better. I can't, well, listen, leave me alone. In it, I think I think her goat's been got, you see, so much that she's not hearing that we are in tune. But anyway, so 
explain a little bit more then why I'm every woman. I feel like I need to break out into song again, but I'm, I'm scared I might get chastised. Yeah, the shoulders keep on going. Yes. <laughs> um, so I've been asked this question before, not necessarily, you know, to distill everything down to three words, but those are the three words that always come to mind because I don't like being typecast. Okay. Um, I don't like people pigeonholing holding me and saying, oh, so you're a writer or you're a this or mm. you're a that. And mm. then everything that I do has to stay in that lane. I am a multifaceted individual. And, I, and if I want to, to sing, I sing. Uh, don't, but don't say, don't act because you're a singer or don't nice. rap because you're a singer. Don't yeah. tell me I can't do anything remotely cerebral because I'm a painter or, you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm very much resisting being pigeonholed when I say that. So yes, I write about really serious, hard hitting things, but I also write comedy. I also sing, you know, I also um, design learning and development. I facilitate learning for others. I coach, I mentor. So why should I just um, pick one uh, and get on with that? Now, mm. I accept that there is this, you know, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. And, and that, that can apply if you stretch yourself too thinly and you're actually not good at anything wanting them, you pick up to do. But <laughs> I am very good at what I do. And if I consider that I can also be very good at something else, then I am going to push myself to be very good at something else. Why should I be limited? Mm. Because people lack imagination when they look at me and they see one stereotype and expect me to conform to that. I say no. Uh, did, we just, did we just code switch there, darling? I say no. I say no. No. That is I'm great. every woman and I'm everything I want to be. Mm. So if mm. I want to speak English uh, and, 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 and speak it in a way that most people don't recognize my heritage, then that's what I will do. That is my decision and my choice. And if you want to drop two lyrics after my business, I'll sew. <laughs> you don't get to tell me who I'm supposed to be. I make that decision. I think that is great. And that's a great encouragement for um, our listeners. You know, our listeners, I think, in that... Um, preach, sister, preach. Oh. <laughs> from preach sister preach that you know you have a choice you know we've got a choice on how we choose to be and what we choose to be and I think that's a great thing to to, to verbalize to remind people of um and that you know we can work our way towards something even if you think that actually it's going to be uncomfortable um I'm not necessarily going to like it but you can give it a go and see whether it works for you that's what yeah, I think and I think that's quite powerful because when we were talking about code switching, you kind of mentioned that when we do that, it's because we don't want to particularly maybe show our authentic self or we don't feel like we fit in that space. 
or for some reason that we're going to be judged. So we try to become or behave in a certain way that we think is going to be more palatable or accepted mm. in the spaces that we're in at that time. Um, and there is something huge about being yourself, stepping into your power and owning it. Um, and that's what I'm kind of hearing back there from you. And I think it's such a powerful message for us and our listeners. So thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's also, it's so important not to limit that, you know, there's always a place for realism, of course, you know. I, I know that I'm, I'm not going to, you know, be the next top physicist in the country. You know, there's a degree of realism. I do have some realism. Uh, but when it comes to my writing, why can't I be the best that I can be? It's something I'm good at. And I should be able to say that. My mum always used to say, um, you know, when people said, you know, um, don't blow your own trumpet, she used to say, well, who else you want to blow it? <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. true. very true. Do you why want somebody else more than your trumpet? In, oh, <laughs> oh, don't even go there, Nairobi. Oh, Come on. no wonder so many people have, have, have um, uh, COVID. It, stop, stop, <laughs> let people put their mouth on your trumpet. Blow your own it, trumpet. Don't share your trumpet. Don't share the mouthpiece with nobody. Do you know what? I think that is. I think that is a fantastic. <laughs> what Mama used to say, isn't it? Mama yeah, used to say. I think when you break it down that way, though, it gives you. It look it makes you look at things in a completely different way. If you don't blow your own trumpet, why would you want somebody else to? Mm, mm. Do you know. What I mean? <laughs> Why would you want someone else to pick up your instrument and put the, um, their exactly. mouth on your thing? Oh, no. On your no. thing. Can you imagine? But, but that, that plays to the whole, you must stay humble. You must keep yeah. your head down. It plays to all of that, you mm. know? It plays to all of that. And I'm just like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm feeling that anymore. Trumpet. Thank you so much. Exactly. So, um, and if I choose water, water, more, I'm a trumpet. In it. And if I play to, if I choose to play my trumpet out of tune, for my child, well, no? And I mean, you know, taking the analogy a little bit further, how often have we allowed other people to blow our own trumpet? Yeah. And actually, they don't blow it the way it should be blown. Loads, they yeah. They absolutely. diminish or, or yeah. they, don't, they don't give you the right level of credit, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. we just surrender our power to people in that way. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> Mm-mm. And you know, no. it, it, it reminds me of something because I, I was having a conversation the other day with a with somebody, and if you're if you're a, a, of an older generation and you've 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 you looking back, you can see how you may have hindered, um, you know, your children from doing the things, you know, because you simply that was the way you wanted to protect them. If you've realized that that was a mistake you made, I encourage you to go to them and say, you know what? I'm proud of where you've got to. You didn't listen to me. Yeah, you yeah. went beyond me and I'm proud of you for that. Well, let's get some current, let's do, we don't do enough. I think we need to do more of that. Okay. You know, I agree. You know, agree. I encourage anyone who's out there, if you're an older Coco sister, swallow <laughs> your pride and go and tell somebody <laughs> that you're proud of them. Don't be saying, when I, when I said that, I don't know, but no, don't be doing that. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's really break some of these vicious circles we find ourselves in and, mm, and, mm. and yeah. knowledge when someone's done well you know yeah yeah it's got to be done you know we should not have a greater expectation on someone to promote us than we have to promote ourselves. Mm. 
it, it doesn't make any sense. And given our experience, uh, most of us, you know, we have not been elevated. We have not been pushed forward. We have mm. not been tapped on the shoulder and recommended for that role. So, you know, we've been waiting a long time for somebody that got me trumpet and then just got it um, in a back cupboard and get a dust and now blow me trumpet at all. I'm sorry, so I didn't catch a word of that. <laughs> I have no <laughs> clue what she said. <laughs> and I'm going to play a tune that ain't nobody can ignore. That's right. That's right. Oh, fantastic. And, and that's all about going back to the point that was made earlier is about stepping into your power as well, Absolutely. isn't it? About how you step into your power, how you own your own power, how you present your power, all of that's those it. things. Um, that analogy is just, uh, I'm going to remember that for a long while. I'm going to play, I don't know about you listeners, but I know what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be playing back this particular episode on repeat. <laughs> Just to remind me about stepping into my power, owning oh. my power, and presenting my power the way it needs to be presented. That is, it's, I can't, I can't tell you how powerful that is. You know, the day I realised that I was not giving myself permission, the day I realised I was holding back my own power, that revelation to me, that that was it. That was that was it. I was like, you know what? Okay, you know, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've just got to go for it. It doesn't matter that nobody else in the family has done this. It doesn't matter that someone did try it and they failed. It doesn't matter. You just have to just go for it. Give yourself the green light and just step into that power. Um, And what's the worst that can happen? And I know people say that, but it's actually quite true. It's very true. And and even if it doesn't go to plan, there is always a lesson and be aware yeah. of that lesson because as we know the universe always gives us the same lesson until we've learned it right so sometimes we trust me i know these things <laughs> it's like i was on a retreat over the weekend and we were asked to do a gratitude piece it was quite it was like kind of under the stars all barefooted it was quite hippified and beautiful and it was all like it was melanin queens just everywhere mm-hmm. and one of the women she said that she's grateful that she gave herself permission to choose me that's right other mm-hmm. times we just don't choose us and that hit me. Honestly, you could have hit me on the forehead and I would have just dropped. When she said that, with all of us holding hands, just saying what we were grateful for, because I've never been away before on my own um, or anything. Oh. I, I just don't choose me and we don't. And in mm-hmm. not choosing us, we don't see our power because we're mm-hmm. there helping everyone else. Yeah. And then when we do see our power, it's a bit of like what Sean's just said. Just because nobody else in the family hasn't done it or none of your friends are doing it or people don't understand it, you've got that vision. You get it. It's like my husband has this saying, it's on the bottom of my signature in my email, and it has been for years. Only a fool criticizes unfinished work. I'm just getting started. This work is not done. Don't play with me. Don't. I know what I'm doing. And I may take a left and a right and straight and maybe reverse sometimes, and then I'm back on the pedal. But it's about keep it moving and step into your power. And it is difficult to say, Oh, what are people going to think? I was thinking about this the other day. Sorry, I had a reason. I had a, I had a revelation. You know oh, what's happening, what's you know happening to you, Queen Nicole? What's happening? So, you know, we were growing up, right? And you all, oh, I don't know about you guys, but my nan was like, no, the neighbours, oh, the church people, 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 people. And it stopped us because we worry about what people are going to think. Who are these people? These people. Who are these people? And when you think about who are these people, them the like we and winner like them, right? So who are these people? But we grow up thinking what people are going to think, like what kind of what Sharon just said. And it's really dismantling that belief. It doesn't matter what people think. You've got your vision. 
and you know what you're going for and step into it, learn from it and keep going. So it, it, what you're all saying is really powerful. And it's yeah, really very important powerful. for our listeners to hear. And, and in case anyone is in that place of stuck or in that place of not sure, push through that uncomfortability and step into your power because it's there waiting. And I, you know what, uh, Queen Nicole, I totally agree with you, particularly with that uncomfortable stuff, because a lot of the time we tend to want to avoid being uncomfortable. But I, I think that that uncomfortable is where you can get so much growth, huge yeah. growth as well. And particularly yeah. once you've pushed through it and you see the light, you know, at the end of that tunnel, boy. But you know what it is as well. Is that? But you know what it is as well, though. Um, 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 Duchess, it's not even, it, it is the uncomfortableness, but it's identifying that. Of and course. like for me personally, I was always petrified of success. Now, who the hell would be? Because with success becomes visibility. I don't want to be visible. And then all the other limiting BS that comes with it, or you're scared of failure. Because if you fell, yeah, I knew she couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. It's all of those things. So it's identifying what is that uncomfortability? What is making me stay in this space? And why am I not moving forward? But I just think like Sharon kind of, just put it classic is like just because nobody else has done it around you it doesn't mean you can't it took one person to do something for the first time yeah that's how you get that's how you get pioneers right pioneers and 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 there's room for some of us are meant to be pioneers and yeah yeah Yeah. you you need you need things like coco sisters you need platforms like this come on on. people to think mental slavery is about a, a occupying Mm. the body so much that the mind doesn't have time to search and to to dream and to think so that can i just pause you there say it again can i just pause you i'm coming i'm coming to it hold on hold on can you just rewind and and start that again please rewind Rewind. come on i'm saying that mental slavery is yes it's 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 a um a derivative derivative of of physical bondage. So yeah. our nine to five job, which is supposed to, you know, we just do a little bit of work for a portion of the day, and then we've got time to reflect, to dream, to envision. That's what it's supposed to be like. But the reality is, our nine to five job is nine to nine. It's twelve hours. It's a hard slog. We don't have time to think. We don't have time to dream. We don't have time. To, for introspection and for reflection. So because of that, we don't have the time to think, what am I doing? Mm. What do I want to do? Mm. Who am I? Who mm. do I want to be? Mm. What am I striving for? Mm. We don't have that. The mind needs time for that. So what, so what, so what happens is that we, we, are, we just get thrown into work and we're, 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 we're harassed at work and we're working harder than we really should be working. Uh, we have to work twice as hard just because we're black. And then, and then we get the extra donkey work just because we're capable. Uh, and, and the brain, the mind has no time to just relax That's and to shift, to shift into, into another gear where we can say, well, hold on a minute. What do I really want out of my life and how am I going to get there? And it's designed, it's, de- it's designed to do that. The, the work that we're doing is designed to create physical and mental slavery. So when you have things like Coco Sisters, where the words of wisdom are just dropped in there, words of wisdom arrest the mind, Mm. you know, hold the mind, you know, to call the mind to attention. People hear something, they think, what weird? 
It's true, enough. And and that, uh, that uh, would they say? Would, they say they would say, hold on a second. Oh, Let sorry. me just pause it here because I just—I think I've just, just had a eureka moment. <laughs> there you go, darling. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on, she talking the truth. Hold you know. on. <laughs> or as the Jamaican would say, "I want a box out." <laughs> right. So those those words of wisdom—they—they—they they, they create that moment of clarity in the mind that then drives your change of behavior and attitude mm. where you start thinking you know no i'm not i'm i'm not not doing this anymore i'm no i'm i'm leaving at five you mm. know i'm i'm going to take some time to reflect i'm going to take some time to um, meditate i'm going to get fit i'm going you know we start firming things yeah. that yeah. that um furnish our minds and furnish our ambitions and that's why things like, you know, platforms like Coco Sisters are so important. It's, you, you're spot on the money. You're spot on there, you know. And it's, you know what? I, I realise that I spend a lot of time talking with people who I feel um, are, are places where I want to be. And I, I don't know if I've done that deliberately or not. But, you know, for me, growing up, it's like, you know, you never pay off your mortgage. You know, you pay up, you have to work for your retire before you can pay your mortgage off. It was just something that never gets done. You know, you're always working to pay it off and so on. But I hang around with some people that said the mortgage done paid. And they're my age. And I'm like, well, hey, hold on a second. Let's have a conversation. How did that happen? And, you know, it's, it's, I'm, sh I'm sharing this with you so that we can think about sometimes who we hang around with can either help us or hinder or hinder us mm. you know who we hang around with can either energize us or drain us mm. you know they can mm. either motivate us or demotivate us mm. and i'm not saying mm. that you should just change all your friends then i'm not saying that <laughs> but i'm just saying well, for some people they need to well some people they need some to I, i'm just not saying that is the reality because they're not hanging with anyone who pushes them further who causes them to aspire they're Absolutely. all like in this clique of of you know uh, lack of motivation and and and, and, it, and here's and the thing also, when you decide when you decide to just go for it in one area some of those people will just stop talking to you <laughs> and also ladies <laughs> they will yeah. literally move away from you no agreed you know, agreed but also there is that thing about you know some people are only in your life for a season um and so, you know, you have people that come and go, but also I think it is important to evaluate who's around you because there, there are going to be people that are for you and support you. And, 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 and even in that support will critique in a way that you can hear and, and reflect and re-examine. Mm, and yeah. then you're going to have people that are in that network that are not for you at all. I'm being polite. Yeah. Not for you <laughs> at all. And just cause um, havoc um, and uncertainty that you don't need. So it is mm -hmm. about, you know, going back to your point, Lady T, about who, who is around, what is your network? And yeah. is that network working for you? Mm. Yeah, you know, and the relationships that you have are reciprocal and reciprocal on a level. Do you know what I mean? Because I there are times that I don't know about you that I've been in, had relationships with people and it feels like I'm doing all the doing, all the giving, <laughs> all, some all the work. No, 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 no. So now my network are my network is of people who I know are for me and I'm for them and we're going to support each other down the line. That's what it's about.
Yeah. One of these good looking, uh, you know, these good looking American men that come up with all these great phrases and they make these short videos and then you, you go to watch them. One of them said, not everybody's riding with you is riding for you. And I had, to, <laughs> I, had to keep over, I had to keep playing it over and over again. I figured that doesn't make any sense. But, you know, just because they're in the car with you, don't mean to say they're cheering you on. No, exactly. You know exactly. They're, just, they're just a passenger. Yeah. Sorry, Nicole. Yeah. Queen Nicole, you've got your hand up. Go for it. Yeah, and I think it's that classic case. I, I you know, I, I'm always into this inner work stuff with the coaching that I do, and it's around also reevaluating yourself and mm. your vibe attracts your tribe. And sometimes see what energy. Was that your vibe attracts your tribe? Yeah, and when and sometimes it's about seeing how are you vibing and who are you attracting. Vibing. And and it's for me that's what it's about. So I've got boundaries up in here. That was my word for 2022. Oh, and if you, and, you know, and, you know I'm about, I'm going to write a poem about that. <laughs> I love that accent. But, and what's the title, Nairobi? What's the title? Your vibe attracts your tribe. And you've got to say in that accent. I'm telling you, it's like, it's finding who is in, who is in your tribe and you find that tribe. But your vibe has a lot to do with who you are attracting True. and who you are allowing past your boundaries. And that, yeah. that, that's where we're at. All right, I, Jerome. I, I was going to say something along those lines, but not nearly as succinctly and as eloquently as our queen. Oh, because I was saying that you know, on the back of what, what, what um, uh, Eve was saying, was it, it, it's good to obviously look at your, your surroundings and your, your people who are with you and say, right, you know, how does this help me, etc. But there are things that you have to look at in yourself first mm. and consider mm. why mm. are these people around me? Mm, exactly. um, I, I shared with Eva a, a while back about uh, a, a friend I, I used to have. We grew up together, um, but she she chat in the business too much. Oh, uh, yeah, she chat in the business. Remember, uh-uh. I told you she chat in the business, uh, and um, uh, and I and I said to her, look, why you need to ask yourself why people are coming to you and not coming to me when I'm accessible. Mm. Okay, there is right. something about you that, that that draws them to you to ask about me when we sit on just over this and they can't ask me themselves. Why are they not asking me, but they're asking you? Right, yeah, you and asked her that. something you need to ask yourself, why you feel you have to disclose. Mm. 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 Yeah, so, so I mean, after a while, a bit like, you know, Boris, you, you'll give people a chance. Well, I never did. But anyway, you know, that's what they're saying. They give them a chance. I know they're my jump ship. Um, you know, you give people an opportunity to, you know, to, to be better. But yeah. there has got to come a time when if they are not demonstrating any, you know, intention to improve, you've got you to you you cut that cord. Agreed, because, agreed. You know, why, why keep having the same conversation? Absolutely, totally agree. To- totally agree. Queen, Queen Elizabeth, you was going to say? You wanted to say? No, I was, I was just agreeing with Nairobi about getting to the point where enough is enough and you've given lots of chances to people um, to, yeah, to help you thrive and they're just not necessarily uh, doing that. I think it's tough. Um definitely and I think what's really interesting is learning how to make sure your vibe is right like what Queen Nicole was saying like how what I don't know if we if we learn a lot um about how to be introspective and how to make time for the reflection that you need to grow 
Um, I think it's, I don't know. I, I think there is a lot out there on social media that about mindfulness and lots of different things, but um, I often find that in, in, in lots of circles um, I've been in before, um, we're not hard enough on ourselves to actually say there's some issues here, there's some weaknesses mm-hmm. here, there's some development here that, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I often find that my friends from ethnic backgrounds mm-hmm. have been told a lot where their weaknesses are and where their development points are because they have ethnic families who have no filter um and they get you know you 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 are humbled and made to 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 to, to be aware of yourself you know like you, you often meet people who will say oh yeah my my parents are really down to earth or they kept me really grounded you know to keep somebody grounded means to keep them close to the ground don't let them don't let them like grow excited it mm-hmm. well I think it it's like a it's probably a spectrum isn't it it's probably yeah. like yeah people do that really well and then you can keep someone too grounded and then you're not letting them fly so mm. I think it's really a challenge to and I just wonder what anyone thinks about how you stay reflective how do you stay humble how do you get the the kind of ingredients you need to to keep growing while still tooting your trumpet <laughs> no yeah. sorry I got the phrase wrong yeah how do you do yeah. it and I think there are two things. If 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 I can respond, that's okay. Um, Nairobi, you're you're here. You're 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 holding the mic. Um, go for it. And then we're gonna we're gonna go on to a, a segment. But you're gonna be staying with us, so that's great. Okay. So you you do your two, and then we'll move on to a next segment. Go on, there's, sister. There's go a on. School of thought, uh, and um, and you'll find it in the book um, Post Traumatic Slave uh, Syndrome by uh, Joy uh, DeGruy. I always mispronounce the name, but I am trying. Um, uh, and it says that this capacity that we have as black people to sort of like your, what you're describing as, as staying humble, but really its roots are about dim, uh, how we diminish ourselves. And the reason was because um, if you were um, too, too smart, you got punished. If you had um, too much, if you were too pretty, you got raped. If you had um, too much skill, you got separated from your family and sent to another plantation. So what our parents used to do is they used they they used to ground what what we call grounding now, but it was a way of suppressing um, any uh, um, ability that we had because it would lead to some form of detriment, and that over the years has become what we talk about as grounding and staying humble and what have you. Being humble is not about not recognizing your ability. Being humble is uh, uh, is is about, it's, it's the opposite of arrogance, where you don't appreciate that anybody else can, can have a skill and can have capacity and have ability. But, but you can have ability and you can put that ability forward and recognize that you have flaws and recognize that there's always somebody who can do it better than you. That's humility. But to not put yourself forward at all, yeah. you know, that is not humility. That is not grounding. That's just you um, uh, maintaining the status quo. And the way to change that in answer to your question, again, as I say, is to have these kinds of conversations where we challenge the language that we're using, and do we really mean grounding, grounded? 
do we do we really mean humility or do we or, or do we really mean we are uncomfortable for whatever reason putting ourselves forward well okay if we're talking about discomfort that's something it's a different conversation but it's something we can talk about so the way to deal with it is to have these conversations and to be open to challenge around the language that we use the history of that language and then to start cultivating new ways of representing ourselves and our abilities. Thank you, Nair Brobe. Thank you. So let's, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to comment on that because then we will we'll go on to another conversation. And I'm conscious that um, our listeners are here and we want to um, move on to our next segment. So let's just, for now, big up our Nairobi. Queen Elizabeth, have you got our political 10? I do. Okay. So there's a lot going on in the political space at the moment. I could talk about two very interesting resignations, but I'm not gonna. Um, because there's, there's just more important stuff in that going on. So I'm going to talk today about um, the Black community and homeschooling. Um, bit of an interesting one, um, but there are around 9% of kids at the moment registered uh, as being homeschooled. Um, so it's like 81,000 kids roughly, and we have about 10 million in schools. Now, black parents are opting to homeschool their children to protect them from systemic racism and many other challenges that their kids are going through in the schooling and education system. And that's increasing now. And, and, and the, a lot of leading black tutors are saying they're seeing like a huge increase in demand of their services to support parents who are schooling their children now from home for various reasons. Um, so there's lots of different reasons why people choose to homeschool their children. But um, I read a really interesting article that said that there are two types of parents going down the, homes, the homeschooling route. So the first type are those who are proactive. And the second type are reactive. So the proactive ones are the ones who've made a conscious decision to home educate because they know early on that the education system can't fulfill the needs of their children, particularly their black children. And then there are those who are, have decided to homeschool reactively, as in something's gone wrong in the system. Their children are struggling or um, with, with, with mainstream education um, and they can see that there's no long-term plan. And actually, if they don't do something different, quite radically different, they could lose their children in some way. Um, their kids could be excluded or something um, something worse than that. So the reason this caught my attention is I recently got married, whoop, whoop. And um, <laughs> uh, for, it was four and a half weeks ago. We are still married, everybody. Thank you so much. It feels like <laughs> such an achievement. Uh, and actually we started talking about these fun conversations about having a family and we are both extremely passionate about education which is bringing up a whole host of differences of opinion um and homeschooling has become way more of an option than I imagined it would have been uh for our uh, uh family actually um so yeah, a few different things on this, but I think um, what's really, really interesting is um, one article I read talked about the fact that it takes a village to raise a family. And we've also mm. probably seen this in our backgrounds. Um, and what the strength of this like uprising of black homeschooling families, the strength 
in it is that a lot of these black families working together are able to meet and educate their children together so they're able to you know pick up things on the black history side of things or or just basically use each other's each other's skills um each other's resources to work together to be able to you know get their kids to develop in confidence give their kids way more attention um and yeah it's actually there's no financial support for it which I think is really interesting some local authorities are doing a bit more to help but um yeah it's definitely something that's coming up so I thought it was an interesting one wow I think that's that's going to give us all some food for thought um nothing for me immediately comes to mind because there's just so much in there isn't there around um education uh, and particularly in our community how we educate um our children um, so thank you for that, Elizabeth, around, um, you know, how are, how are our future generations going to educate um, our children and what that, that means for us? Yeah, it's really, it's a really interesting uh, one there, Queen Liz. I love that. I, I love the fact that it's becoming more and more um, accessible, more and more of an option for people. Um, you know, I also think that homeschool children was like didn't get the same level degree but it's nonsense nonsense mm. It's, mm. It's the, you know um it's, it's yeah it's, it's really insightful thank you for that mm. well this has been a power-packed podcast a very power-packed podcast and we could continue but um I think what we'll do is we'll call um, Nairobi back to uh, do some more with Coco Sisters, particularly maybe having, um, you know, a poetry, a poetry episode would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, so I've got, got some poems. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, Lady C. We'll leave it to the professionals. Or are you saying you're every woman? I'm every woman. <laughs> okay, all right. I don't know what I can do. But that's why. That's why I went there, isn't it? Where we we are every woman, so we're going to do it that way. That's great. Nairobi, where can we get your um poem, the appropriation one? Uh, that is as yet unpublished. Okay. Uh, okay. But it's coming. So I, you know, I've got a couple of uh, uh things that I need to get out uh, in the next twelve months. Uh, and a collection oh, yeah there's more than one collection coming because I went to connect with you on LinkedIn but you haven't been on it for a while so you probably wouldn't No, I, yes I really do need to sort out my my social media but I do have a new business manager who's going to help me with all those things That's <laughs> what we'll, what, so what we'll make sure we do as always you know uh, when we when you get our recording all the the links will be in the show notes won't they ladies see Mm. They will indeed. Okay. I'm picking up the twang. Some of my my poetry is available on my website, narobithompson.co.uk, and um, Bayonets, Mangoes and Beads, the book that our lovely sister uh, Eve showed you, is available on Amazon. Yeah, I've I've just put it in my basket. Oh. oh, Along along with that other one. And there are other providers too that provide. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it for another. to say that. Another Coco Sisters podcast. Huge thank you to our sister in the spotlight, Nairobi Thompson. <laughs> huge thank you. It's my absolute our, pleasure. Huge thank you to our studio queens, Bye. Queen Elizabeth <laughs> and Queen Nicole. 
And of course, thank you from the Duchess and me, Lady C. Until next time, remember, this is a sister team. Bye. Yes, bye, everyone. Bye. Coco Sisters. It's a sister's team.